When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Stop Hammer Time is backed for this season by Ladbrooks. Hello and welcome to Stop Hammer Time. My name is Phil Whelans and uh, on this podcast we're going to be talking about the Bournemouth game that happened at the weekend and to which myself and Jim went. Jim, Jim went feral and hasn't returned. Uh, he slipped his leash and is patrolling the south coast from what I've heard. Um, we, occasionally his, uh, a pylon picks up his tag and we're aware of uh, where he is but not what he's doing but um, he's... He's clearly eating and fending for himself. I don't know what on. I don't know what he's eating. Uh, foxes, um, sand. It's obviously the seaside. He, he likes sand and um, and alcohol. Obviously, I don't know where he's getting it, but he's very persuasive. He's head of English at one of the best schools in the country, and people like that are essentially they're talkers. They're talkers. <laughs> Like um, verbal in uh, The Usual Suspects. Jim, like that. Jim can talk his way into getting any type of drink he wants. So we'll be talking about that. We'll be talking about the transfer window and we'll be talking about upcoming fixtures. With me, uh, one of our favourite guests since the beginning of the uh, Stop Hammer Time podcast. He is journalist, broadcaster, acrobat, mm. novelist. Anything else, Sam? Uh, I am. All I can say about myself mm-hmm. is... Very simple. I, too, am my favourite guest on this show. Excellent. It's Sam Delaney. Uh, hello, Sam. And um, we're delighted to have uh, a new guest on this podcast. Um, he is head of multi, multimedia, produ- multimedia producer, alternative media producer. Yeah, one of those or, things. Uh, yeah, help, yeah, uh, yeah uh, Channel 4 News. It's yes. Kieran Moodley. Hi there. Hi, Kieran. Hi, thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, so it's very media-y. It's very, we're a very media-y mm. collection. Sometimes you do legal specials, Mm-mm. which I enjoy listening to. Yes, we do. So <laughs> you, been, you kind yeah. of have started theming it a yes. little bit like, what game show was it that used to have, have them themed around professions? Yeah, that's... Uh, Krypton Vector? No? The one on TV, yeah. The one it, on that, TV, it's not the egg going to say? Well, there's a radio <laughs> one, isn't there? There's the Round Britain... <laughs> The quiz. <laughs> the television program. There's radio ones, though. That's what I mean. There's yeah, those, about Phil, look. Yeah. 
I mean, I don't want to start bullying you on your own podcast at an early stage, Mm -hmm. but... First of all, we all noticed you struggling to even say the word multimedia to Kieran. Yeah, that was quite that was <laughs> yeah. slightly shocking. Yeah, and, I, and yeah. You know, because you literally haven't said it before. No, and then I got and a, then I, got I talk about. I think I'll get him back on comfortable ground by talking to about game shows yes. of the olden times. You mm-hmm. feel more comfortable. The old days. And I said, "What about that game show on TV?" And you've literally gone, "Oh yes, the one on telly." Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> just. Yes, um, no, start, I, I, beca- I began the. Strange I began, <laughs> I began forming the word multimedia, and then I <laughs> had doubts as to whether that's a real word. You know, so it is. It's very a much a real thing. Yeah. The future is now, mm-hmm. Phil. Mm-hmm. Kieran is here, living proof that the world, that is, the world moving is moving on, on and yeah. you can either. And the way Kieran's even You've looking at it. me now, it's mm-hmm. like, look, keep up, or d- yeah. or give up, shape up, or ship yeah. out. The world's moving on. Yeah, yeah. Left behind. You can't go back. No, that's the thing. No, no, left behind to be eaten by the sharks mm. because I don't have the um, life preserver of technology. No, correct, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You're drowning. You're Dr- drowning, mate. Drowning in a sea of ignorance and yes. <laughs> unreconstructed love of the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. with your paper, mm-hmm. your dust, your yep. your written words, your spoken mm-hmm. words, mm-hmm. your non-digitalized content. I know you've got pieces of paper there. I haven't seen those in ages. No, that's right. Yes, I printed them out. That's uh, not multimedia. This is an analog podcast. (laughs) Very much so. Very much so. So, um, so we played Bournemouth at the weekend. Jim and I went. It was um, some accounted it of incredibly poor performance, and I don't think it was that. It was actually we were pretty good for the sort of middle hour of that game. Uh, we got off to a sort of slow start, which is something we seem to do. The whole first half against Brighton was like we, we sort of came out the mm. traps very slowly. Something we'll come on to is both of those games we started with Carroll. And yep. uh, without mm, this definitely. turning into a sort of witch hunt against uh, the witch-haired Andy Garrell, it's, <laughs> uh, it is, um, uh, that does seem to be a factor. Um, we seem unable to win sort of like... Apart from those four games, apart from those four games we played uh, that we won, it mm. does seem that it, the good performances are then followed by a sort of bewildering slump. Um, isn't that just like partly? I feel that's like just partly the West Ham way, isn't it? I feel like yeah. the, the minute I feel any sort of sense of confidence in us, or <laughs> I feel that we have a certain yeah. swagger, yeah. it instantly disappears. Yeah. Um, well, we, I, never, I mean, I, I went, I went into the Bournemouth game. I didn't expect us to get anything from it, to be honest with you. Post Arsenal, right. mm. I just felt like it's one of those sort of vague bogey teams. Mm. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. particularly expecting anything. So in the end, it was disappointing, but I wasn't that surprised. Yeah, mm. they make it hard on you, don't they? That we've been to that fixture, the away fixture. I think maybe this might have been our fourth year running, and they uh, their big players beat you up, uh, mm. which is sort of what happened with. Uh, Watford, when we played Watford earlier mm-hmm. in the season, they sort of, you know, they're very physical and they sort of, you know, Anderson had a sort of had trouble against them and Burnley. Um, mm. uh, but also, they've got some players that that Fraser guy they've got at Bournemouth, mm. he's, he's trouble. You know, he's quick, he's, you know, he knows where the goal is. They've got some good players, you know, not the least of which was possible West Ham target Callum Wilson, mm. who then scored that goal, you yeah, know. That's a good goal. Um, but it was, we did start with Andy Carroll and we didn't, it, it, it was a pretty much a kind of two plus two equals four of we are, we have this player who's gone a little bit on strike and he's not in the team. Oh, look, <laughs> what are we lacking? Mm. Some kind of Marco Arnautovic figure to tie everything together. Mm. You know, we were playing some very nice passing, attacking 
football that literally just fell apart at the edge of the penalty area. I think, I think that it, on that run, I can't remember, remember it, exactly what the lineups were, but I feel that we went fully 4-4-2 during that run of four victories in a row. And, and in the first one of those victories, Anatovic got injured. And I think that they, were, they sort of played with uh, Antonio and Hernandez up front. And that, to me seems like the best solution because Hernandez on his own doesn't work. We've seen mm. that tried and it's never worked. Yeah. But with the kind of pace and power strength of Antonio next to him, mm. there's a kind of, you know, it's like two, them together almost equal an Altovich on his own. Yeah. Do you, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You've got yeah. the finishing ability, the guile in Hernandez and then you've got the strength and speed and, and just that way that he's a, he's a pain in the arse for defenders, Antonio. And that's sort of what, and out of which what makes him, in my opinion, a really great player. Mm. Yeah. Is that he combines all of those things together. So to me, that's the solution. And actually, you know, Carroll, the thing about Carroll is I really like Andy Carroll, but whether he comes off the bench or starts, if you're not going to play to his strengths, then it's not yeah. really worth it. And I think it's also like the thing with Arnautovic is that it took Moyes to come in to get something out of him mm. Mm. and he became the player that he is now whereas with Carroll you've had him under Allardyce, Bilic, Moyes and Pellegrini and none of them seem to can get anything out of him no, so no. It feel, it's almost like a lost cause I kind of feel like unless you've got him coming on later well, where does he fit in because as four managers had, can't get anything out of him he has had good games under pretty much all the managers mm. he's got it but I think he's literally now, but he was always blue, hot and cold. But now I look at him since he came back this time and I think he's less of a player. I think before he was played by injuries, a bit temperamental, but you knew, as everyone always said, oh, on his day he's unplayable. So we all remember like the Arsenal game where he just got the hat-trick or whatnot. But, you know, or West Brom last season, only about a year ago when he won it with two late goals. So, you know, and then you just love him on nights mm. like that. On games like that, you think, oh, God, why isn't he playing for England? Because you watch him and it is unplayable. You think, my God, he, he's like, it's impossible. He'll score in every game. It's impossible for defenders to deal with him. Yeah. But now I sort of think he is actually, uh, his fitness, his physicality is, is lacking now. He's less good on the ball. I always thought he was very good on the ball with it at his feet. I feel mm. he gave the ball away loads, so he hasn't got that thing holding the ball up and laying it off because he gives it away too many times. He can't jump as high. No. He gives away too many fouls. He's just not what he was. I do, think. do you think those that that miss against Birmingham and the miss against Bournemouth are like mm. indicative of you know those two almost open goals? He's kind of yeah. indicative of him just being a bit. Well, that's he's not of, on it. It's match yeah. sharpness, isn't it? Yeah. I think those two misses were were you could put down to that, but but. Two things happened, because the pitch is so tight at Bournemouth, two mm-hmm. things happened right in front of us that were just really, really showed what the problem was. There was a time when uh, someone on the left, either Anderson or possibly Cresswell, um, Carroll was on the shoulder of a defender and it just needed a little dink past the defender when the attacking player is sort of facing in the right direction. They've got a natural advantage. And you saw whoever, it was either Anderson or Cresswell, you saw them change their mind and not do it Mm. because he just wasn't going to make that little five yard. Whereas an outer, I mean, anyone that isn't seven feet tall and, Mm. you know, 18 stone is, is, is going to be able to do that. Hernandez would. And another time, uh, uh, Antonio got into the penalty area and there was a, you know, just a dinked little slotted cross that just needed to be attacked 
in the six-yard box. And you could see it in slow motion that Carroll would not get that. Mm. And Antonio changed his mind. And you go, somebody said something on Facebook today that when, when a player is making the players around him a bit worse, mm. that's the problem. Like, you know, you saw either Cresswell or Anderson, whoever, I think it was Cresswell, not, literally changed their mind and not make this pass because mm. they're going, oh yeah, I'll just slot it past. Oh wait, no, I won't do that. And they cut inside and did something else. And uh, Antonio making, sort of changing his mind about making this cross because he's going, Andy won't get it. He just mm. won't get it, you know? Mm. Mm. And, uh, and that sort of mobility, I, I agree. I think every injury, I like Andy Carroll as well, but I think every injury has sort of diminished him. Yeah. You know, that, that we've said it before on this podcast, but that, that, that massive sort of injury that, that he had problems coming back from the sort of Achilles injury. That's the, a lot of your spring comes from your lower left. Yeah. And he doesn't seem to actually get up as much as he did unless he gets a running jump, you know. Yeah. And uh, that's a big part of his game and that's gone. And he's also, he's just lost some dynamism, you know. He, he, he was he, do, he doesn't have that confidence. You know, a couple of times he actually led West Ham out as captain. Mm. And it, I can't remember what the games were, but it, it kind of made sense to me. Yeah. Like when he was on form, you saw him coming out and you think, yeah, like Alan Shearer for Newcastle. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like big, tough bloke, lion-hearted, and, you know, confident going into every game, attacking it, wanting to yeah. dominate teams. A bit like the, the sort of attitude of, of his mate, Kevin Nolan. Kevin Nolan, yeah, yeah. And um, to me now, he's, yeah, like mentally more timid. He'll yes, go into he a is, challenge yeah. and yeah. he'll actually, he used to foul people by accident or he'd get unfair, like, um, he'd get unfairly penalised just because he was big and strong. You know, like Crouch used to get that mm-hmm. from England all the time. But actually now I see him and he's going in and you can see him, he's looking at the man. Because and that's a, to me that's a sign of uh, um, a lack of confidence. Yeah, yeah. It's like I'm 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 shitting it a bit. So what I'll do is I'll go in. I'll I'll elbow, elbow yeah, this yeah. bloke out the way first. Yeah. So it's a real shame. I've always liked him. Seems like a nice bloke. I think he got lots. Of, he's yeah, had a lot definitely. of unfair flack for being injured because I think well, fuck's sake, no player wants to be injured. No, you go away, right. doesn't look after himself. Yeah, but there are plenty of players who didn't get injured and went out for a beer once in a while. It's bad luck. Yeah, really. and he's probably gutted because he could have. He's the sort of bloke who could have got 50 caps for England. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yes, absolutely. So it's a shame, but I think it's over. It is a shame, because I think you used to get that feeling when he was in the box and the ball was coming in, you had that sense of... Yeah, that's his ball. You felt confident that you had him in there. And mm-hmm. now I just feel like it just doesn't work anymore. No. You're not as confident that he's going to get mm-hmm. his head in it. You, mm-hmm. you feel like it's got to be the perfect ball for him yeah. to get his head in it. The sort of final premiership season of Allardyce, when he was played on his own up front... Mm. They just worked him out. You know, I remember mm. Man U just putting Fellaini on him. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he won a header all game, mm-hmm. you know. And also we were relying on long punted balls for him to win, which mm. begs the question, where's the second ball going to go yeah. if he's winning the first one? It just goes back into the mixer and someone else has got to win it after he's won it. And it's funny the way it makes you play because Antonio's, you know, not exactly tiny. So there were a lot of banged long balls to one or the other of them from the beginning of the game. And you're going, stop it. This is not how we play, you know. And um, Brighton, I thought, was really telling because we did a lot of that in the first Mm. half. And then actually while he was still on, and it was the same against Bournemouth, while Carroll was still on the pitch, we'd started to put it down and play it on the deck. But we'd started playing. I don't know whether Pellegrini... Sometimes our sort of slightly slow start in games i wonder if that is just let's keep it tight see what the other team do and then we'll 
will ease our way into the game because no. that was certainly the case at Brighton. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, but I mean, against Southampton, for example, I thought we started really well. Yeah, we, we did. Yeah. First half, I mean. Yeah. I think so. It's probably not. Case, he yeah. seems to be a coach who's more comfortable when there's a team coming at us. Mm. He's got this high line. He yeah. wants to play with a counter attack, and we've got players who, who are good at that. Particularly Felipe Anderson and and Mikel Antonio. They're great counter attacking players. Those yeah. two. And um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's like he wa- he always wants to invite the opposition on, mm. sort of thing, rather than because going at, at an opposition, especially a team who are either below us or around us in the table mm. and they and they defend they watch West Ham all week you get these managers they think right West Ham you know very noble the way that um that that Pellegrini coaches us we are now and it's brilliant and I'll take all the defeats because I de- that a defeat under Pellegrini is so much more pleasing to watch than many victories under Allardyce or yeah. Moyes, or <laughs> yeah, sometimes yeah. even Latir or Bilic. And it, it like, sounds tough, but it's actually true. I came over mm. from that Watford game thinking, that was a bloody good game of football. Yeah, it was very good. And they edged us on that, but both teams were good. Mm. They were both two really good teams, evenly matched, and Watford just had the better us on the day. I haven't thought that for years. No. I mean, you know... The 4-0 defeat against the, City. The, yeah, yeah. There, were, there was plenty City. of games where we lost 1-0, or games where we just... You know, Allardyce used to sort of almost instruct the team to roll over in certain games. Like, mm. yeah, we're going to lose this, so let's just not exert ourselves too much because it would be a waste of energy and lose anyway. And it was fucking awful. And now I love Pellegrini, and he, you know, and he'll say, "Pass it out from the back, keep passing, be patient, and the opportunity will come." Yeah, yeah. And then the team knows that. If Burnley or Brighton or Bournemouth or Watford know that, then their coach is saying, "West Ham are just going to fucking keep passing it." Yeah. And they will wait. And so as long as you concentrate and defend well and don't make a silly error, we will prevent them from scoring. And, and that does work unless you have a day where Felipe Anderson or Anatovic suddenly pull something out yeah, of nowhere, yeah, yeah. which they occasionally do, but you can't rely on that in every game. But I don't want him to change the style. I think basically what it needs is he probably is looking at that team thinking, this is all right, this team. It's a, we'll probably finish mid-table. I need two or three more yeah, players. Yeah, yeah, and I think yeah. that's why he got Nasri. And yeah. people were sceptical about that, including me. But as soon as I saw Nasri in the, was it Birmingham? where he made his debut. Yeah. yeah, he did, yeah. As soon as I saw him, I just thought, oh, yeah, right, that's that's a missing piece of the jigsaw. That's because Lanzini's been out all season. Yeah. And he could even, in some ways, you know, be better than Lanzini because the patience he has and the way he's got that canny eye for mm-hmm. a pass, that could be the thing that unlocks defences. Yeah. yeah. I mean, also, a lot of this is just us being a comfortable mid-table team, which yeah. we haven't been for a while. No, yeah. no. Um, and I think, you know, the Watford game, the Bournemouth game, those are just games where we're playing teams around us yeah and that's where we're having a bit of struggle but we're still playing well I mean we were um, it's just part of the transition which we've yeah. got to go through I think yeah. yeah for us mentally as well we yeah. don't quite understand how to respond to what's happening yeah, it's, like, <laughs> it's really weird some games we win yeah. and play alright and then other games we lose and then some still games we draw yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what to be angry or concerned about it's just strange because yeah. that never happened we the were... only time I can remember us being solidly mid-table was curbishly, yeah. and that was really fucking tedious. So you knew kind of what to be, what to think. Things. Yeah, like, only this, really this, one season. That this is a bit. But this is a bit boring. Yeah, this is a bit. Boring. Yeah, there were there were um, there were wins and draws that were booed under Kirbishly. Yeah. Mm. Whereas now, too, too fucking negative. Was this the is attack, this attack, is, attack, attack, yeah. attack, attack. I mean, yeah, exactly. Because what could you? I mean, you couldn't say we didn't we did anything wrong against Watford. No. Yeah. You know? 
You've no. got to be proud of that performance. No, mm. we were... I mean, the Bournemouth game was, uh, you know, to sum up, we were sort of... We, we were slow out the traps. We, mm. we, we, we weren't sort of at the races at all. On about 25 minutes, we sort of got into it. We finished that half very strongly. We were sort of the better team. Went in, came out, and against the run of play, they scored that goal, that slightly kind of wonder strike from... Uh, yeah, I mean, exactly. Wilson, they they, you know? they nicked that yeah. off the back of... I think there was a mistake, wasn't there? Didn't someone... No, it was, it was just the ball on, away um, It was a breakaway, and yeah. Yeah. Diop chased back and Diop is really quick so he yeah. got a tackle in but he sort of kicked it against the guy's leg and, and it, it sort of rebounded back. right into the danger so, area so that's a good but Callum almost hit it Callum Wilson almost, almost just hit it first time so, to be mm-hmm. honest right that's so was, a game where it should have been perhaps nil-nil the, the Premier yeah, League yes, is, exactly. a, is amazing because the margins are so fine and, mm. and it is really exciting as a result like you can look at the Southampton game, we were, you know, we weren't playing that well. They went one nil up, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. And then, and then Felipe Anson scored. Did he score? But he scored two really good goals. Right. Yeah, long, that you're that, that yeah. really only a player of that quality was going to finish those two chances. So again, you sort of think, well, do you know what? Southampton could have nicked that one nil, yeah. and maybe yeah, yeah. one all would have been a fairer scoreline. But we had the edge that day because our star player pulled two wonder goals out in that game against Bournemouth. Nil-nil almost seemed like the nailed-on fair result. Wilson just just yeah, grabbed a yeah, goal yeah. out of nothing. And the, and the second goal kind of doesn't count because yeah, it was right at the end. Yeah, it was right at the end, yeah, absolutely. So they nicked game. it. They uh, nicked um, it. The full-backs were excellent. Uh, Cresswell mm. was great. In fact, Cresswell was sort of, uh, until we got into the groove, Cresswell was almost our biggest uh, threat on the ball. Yeah. He ran at defenders well, with the yeah, ball. Pellegrini. Of no one's going to... Pellegrini is a... An amazing, I don't think carried away, but he is an amazing manager, I think, mm. because we're all enjoying it, right? Even the defeats, we're kind of thinking, yeah, this is good. But the most impressive thing, yeah, fine, he signed Felipe Anderson, who's been a good signing. Nasri's a good signing. Both those defenders are good. But the, the most impressive thing about him is that he's taken Antonio and Cresswell, players who hadn't looked good for two and a half seasons. They looked like their stars yeah. were... They were players who got in the England squad mm-hmm. during the beginnings of Billich, of the first season of Billich. And we thought, we've got some real superstars here. And they just got worse and worse and worse and worse. Both and then, injured. Both and then massive injuries. Min- injuries, but when they come back, didn't look like half the players no, they were. No. And even beginning of the season, neither of them looked that good. And there is something happening under Pellegrini where he's making players better. Snodgrass, best example. Mm, mm. A player who couldn't survive, we had to get him out. He's come back, and, I, and you know, it's a shame actually that he's on the bench at the moment because, in my mind, he was almost the hammer of the season. You know, well, I think uh, it, I, by I think Christmas. It was, it was mm. starting Carroll that I think put Snodgrass on the bench because yeah. you'd probably move someone from, from that sort of. Yeah, you know, three, three behind the striker. Four. Yeah, yeah. So I think he would probably play. I think it's yeah. It's sort of. Carol I kind of felt maybe Nasri because he was sort of a Nasri type mm-hmm. player, and he was the one who was he could p- kind of pick a pass, but Nasri yeah. was like better than him. But in, in any case, the point is, you take those three players: Snodgrass, Antonio, and Cresswell. Mm. It can't be coincidence that they've all suddenly like wound yeah. the clock back by three years. I've heard it's, it's his coaching. I've heard it said recently that uh, uh, the club ought to fine Antonio every time he shoots. Uh, <laughs> I sort of think that's possibly quite. Right. It is, a sh- and, and that's why I think you need 
real ball players up front around him because yeah. left to his own devices, if he's not getting any help, he'll run to the byline and fall over. Sometimes he'll yeah. run clean off the pitch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's so strong and powerful, he'll carry on through the advertising yeah. audience yes. and the stand and then out. I think and he there'll did. be an out. Well, it was like that thing he did against, was it against Brighton when it we went back to 2 yeah, and, yeah. and he just, he, more he less broke th- through and he had that chance yeah. to just yeah. squ- square it and he just completely just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hit it over. No, he, he will, he needs sort of help. I love his enthusiasm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the enthusiasm. Well, he is like a bull in a china. I mean, you know, those runs are really what his, you know, USP is and you need, Players yeah. to demand the ball. Was, and, and when he first came back at the beginning of the season, he wasn't doing that as much. No. And he's really, I feel like he's really grown in yeah. to getting back to what he used to. I would play him and Hernandez up front. If I don't know what's going to happen for Nautovic, but if Nautovic stays but he's a bit mm. too moody to play or whatever, I would play those two up front for the rest of the season if, if fit. Yeah. And, and yeah. Naz, Nasri supporting from behind. And I think that is... That's the best chance we've got. I think you should give up on the carrot experiment. You should be like yeah. on the bench. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. And, and as the other fella, the one from Arsenal, Lucas Perez, he is shit. Well, you know, in a way, on Saturday, I mean, he he is at least a shit version of the right type of player. Do you know what I mean? I think he, you know, he... he... Did, he get, did he come on? No. No, he's injured. No, I don't he? think he was in the I think he's squad, injured he? at the moment, no. yeah. But, Good. you know, he... he... I mean, he can sort of play a bit, and uh, that some of that kind of interplay, you know, quite. I, in, I think of it. Of, uh, he's so anonymous. I keep like missing when anonymous. he plays. I what sort was of that game he came on and scored? Scored two yeah, goals. Cardiff. Oh, Cardiff. Yeah, that was yeah. an out of which got injured. Yeah, he yeah. came on, scored two scored goals, twice. and he was really showing off. Yeah. I mean, fair enough. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> he was he like pointing. Yeah, yeah, but he was like, yeah, <laughs> that's right, guys. Forget about me. Yeah, meet the meet the real Lucas Perez and all of this, and you're like. Yeah, both those goals were like bad Cardiff defending. Yeah, you had yeah. like pre. You're playing then, Cardiff, mate. Yeah. And, and then after that, he's just done nothing. But you know, one player we are missing is uh, Yarmolenko, who looked, mm. gr- you know, when he was finally sort of given his kind of start against Everton, he scored twice, I think. Yep. And, uh, and in subsequent games, he looked like he's. Uh, He's a handful. He wants to make it hard for the other team. I think he's a classier. I feel bad saying this because I love Mikel Antonio, but I think he's a classier Mikel Antonio. Yes, he is. He's yeah. similar, very direct. Yeah. But he's got that thing that he's famous for, apparently, you know, when he was in Ukraine and, Germ- and Germany, that cutting inside yeah. and, mm. and hitting he's it. Very so he plays on the right, yeah, yeah. cuts in, cuts hits in, the yeah, left. Yeah. Just like Felipe Anderson likes yeah. to do the exact opposite thing. Yeah. Neither of them go to byline. But that suits Pellegrini because he doesn't want people going to byline and crossing. And I think it, I think he was quite crucial to Pellegrini's plans. Yes, I think he was. Mm. And uh, he's obviously had to have a rethink with the loss of him. The uh, I think it was the game that he got injured in. Was that Man U? Tottenham. Was it Tottenham? Yeah. But certainly, I think it was. It, so it might have been the Man U game. The, he scored. The, he scored. Yeah, yeah, he scored. Yeah, the deflection. Yeah. But um, in the early part of that game, it was almost as if he. Anderson and Arnautovic were trying to play the entire game with back heels. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah. They're all back heeling it. And you were kind of going, this is great. We haven't seen this yeah, for years. Yeah. You're going, You're if they right. got a penalty, one of them would probably back heel it. We into got, the net. We, it was just like showing off. You know, got, and, well, Anderson's goal was a massive show off. Yeah, yeah. First one, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he did the, yeah, uh, the what little, do you call it? Is I don't it know the Rabina or the yeah. Cruyff or something? Yeah. I can't keep up with all these phrases. <laughs> but he... Um, yeah, Yarmolenko. Yeah, I mean, Pellegrini is a, is, a, is a coach. Where when you watch a team, you think he's almost, you know, like some 
managers, you can see the players are scared to do anything like make a mistake, so they mm. kit it long the whole time. So if you're playing under Allardyce, they're scared to try anything mm. yeah. because he'll shout and scream at them. I sometimes think it's the opposite with Pellegrini. Yeah, yeah. I think they get the ball and they're scared to do anything that's not quite ambitious <laughs> yeah, and skillful. Yeah, still right. at them. So yeah. the defenders will always try and play it out of defence yeah. and run with it. Yep. They'll, the, 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 um, the midfielders and attackers are almost at pains to do the, yeah. the yeah, yeah. try the thing. not be. And so he's obviously doing that thing where it's like, don't be scared if you give the ball away. And, and yeah. that, that's the only criticism I've... Not criticism, but the only kind of valid sort of thing I've heard say about Declan Rice and how he can improve. Because obviously the way we as West Ham fans will talk about Declan Rice, it's as if he is Bobby Moore incarnate and he is the finished article. But of course, he can... The thing is, I heard... It was Mark Noble who said it. He said, what, what Declan needs to do next is have the balls to play because he's really talented and he can play forward passes and, mm. and defence splitting passes. And he can also, apparently, shoots and scores a lot in training. Mm. Yeah. And they go, he's got to start adding that next mm. stage yeah, to his yeah. game sort of thing. Because sometimes, you know, you just got to, you got to have the balls to just try and knock it forward and play the defence splitter. But, I mean, mm. under Bilic, you know, post Pae, our midfield was the most wretched sort mm. of mm. mess in the modern game. I mean, it's just <laughs> extraordinary. So the fact that oh. we now have this midfield that's sort of good because of because of Rice's uh, presence in it and Rice's yeah. sort of role so in it. And, and there's like a, know, there's a patient build-up play. I think. Yeah. No yeah. one gets concerned too much. There's like no. there's there's some thought behind it, which is waiting yeah. for that moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and no, it's, it's not sort of boring side to side. No, it's no, not. No. It's, it's not gently probing. No, uh, mm. Noble is, you know, looking back to his best again, as mm. he did when Paye was in the team. Paye and Lanzini were in the He came on he's... against Brighton and changed the game because yeah. he did exactly that. Yeah. He got the ball and he made daring passes. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. And, um, and it, you know, when he's, when he's good, he's great at that. Just briefly, you know Yarmolenko? Do you remember the uh, 80s, I think it's 80s, maybe 90s, R&B song, Yarmo Be There? Yarmo no. Be There. Well, forget the whole yeah. thing then. <laughs> if there's anyone listening who remembers Yarmo B there, which they should, I am, I for one... I don't want to sabotage be... this anecdote, Sam, by, by not knowing what you're talking about. You know, when you talk about computers and all these things that I don't know about, think I of, don't, think I don't go y- into a sulk and don't finish y- the anecdote. Y- Yarmo B there. <laughs> yeah, I do remember as it. Like a... Let's say I remember it. Okay, let's pretend you remember yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. All I'm saying is... Why haven't Yar? As Why soon as I heard we were signing a player called Yarmolenko, you thought, I thought that's got to be the chance. Yeah, song. Yar might be there. Yarmolenko. Yeah. No, no one's done it. Why? I don't know. Well, he's been injured. Yeah, wait until he's back. He's, yeah. yeah, but they had their chance. <laughs> right, right. And I say they. The I moment, stood the up gone. and sang Yarmolenko. Right. Was the reaction of Yarmo be there right. on three occasions? No one joined in. Maybe and they some didn't... people angrily asked me to stop. <laughs> maybe they didn't know the song, Yomo Be There. Well, maybe, but so... I can tell you I made a lot of enemies. Right, yeah. And for me, the injury was a good thing. Right, right. <laughs> because Yeah, I'm, but after I'm this, people might injured. go and listen to it. Maybe. So well, when it I hope back, so. It may all completely change. I, I would love this could for, be the moment. I would love for Phil to organise for this episode of Stop Having Time to play out on Yomo Be There. I'll see, I'll see, I'll see what we can do. I'll see, I'll see what we can do. (laughs) 
Stop Hammer Time is backed for this season by Ladbrokes. So now we're in this sort of transfer window thing. We have this kind of, uh, we have this uh, grey area now with Arnautovic. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, do you think, um, you know, there's a way back, isn't there? It, I don't think he's, there's, there hasn't been enough uh, catastrophic fallout with the club, the players and the owners uh, for the fans who have now turned against uh, uh, Arnautovic and his, for his position to be sort of untenable mm. anymore. It sort of feels like the things that Pellegrini has said in the press, you kind of go, his head's not right. Sure, they say that all the time. Yeah. We'll buy that. And then he's back training and sort of integrating back into the team if this move doesn't work out. So, because obviously there's, you've got your, um, uh, I was trying to think of a classic fallout. Uh, Pierre Van Hoydonk. Was, uh, he went on strike. He went on strike. Yeah, that's right. He went on strike. Well, Payet. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, yes, he sort of eventually sort of said he wouldn't play. The, the thing yeah. is, right, so Anatovic, as far as we understand the situation, Anatovic needs dough and fast. What, <laughs> we, 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 who here can say that we haven't found ourselves in a similar oh, predicament? I need money fast. I'm prepared to do anything to get it. Yes. Right? Some of the things, well, it doesn't bear thinking about does it <laughs> what a man is capable of doing <laughs> armenian gangsters are going to put his feet in concrete and put him in the thames yes yeah. what mm. that's what's happening. maybe it's, maybe it's a, i don't know a drug i, a I drug. don't know whether there's gangsters or i don't know what it is but what i do know is that we've all felt pressure before to turn around a big cash deal in like perhaps 48 maximum 72 hours a container <laughs> a container with a lot of people that, that yeah. on Adovich's human trafficking yes. is currently stuck at Dover and he has to play, pay the customs on yeah. this in these the, smuggled human lives the that are air hole the ventilation hole mm-hmm. became blocked I don't know how yeah. right en route several people died mm-hmm. inside the container he is being that's held responsible all on him that's all, all on, on him and someone and I don't I've no idea who I'm not I don't. I'm not in those circles. The Armenian mafia are saying that he owes them X amount per dead prostitute. They're, they're leaning <laughs> on him. They're leaning on him. Mm. Yeah. The, the Armenians. So he are needs. Leaning he needs to him. move away. Anyway, uh, so he needs money fast. We don't know. Look, this is all speculation. Yeah. All we know is he needs money fast. Right. Maybe he got to buy his kid a pony. I don't know. Yeah. But he needs the money. He needs it fast. Yeah. He's go. He's gone to his brother. I need this money. I need it fast. Sort something out. His brother's gone right. I know who's got money and and are always up for spending it. The Chinese, yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. So he's gone and he's he's rustled. He's going, I could sell job. you to the Chinese, or I could sell you to Kanye West. He's gone. And listen, I could sell you to him. Yeah, you belong to him. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's gone. Oh, like Kanye is being a bit tricky because he's also trying to buy James Milner. Exactly. So <laughs> we've got to see how that deal pans out. In the meantime, the Chinese are interested, but he's he's clearly gone over to this Chinese club and gone. Listen, right. I'm telling you, if you offer 35 million, I'll see to the rest. We'll get him out of there. And if they don't like it, we'll force it because he needs the money. So he'll just tell them, look, you've got to do it. So they go, okay. Then they've got to pay 100% tax, apparently, which means that mm. they pay 35 million for him. They've got to pay 35 million to their overlords yeah. as well. And I'm like, and so. They're like, well, we can't really go higher than that. You no. said it was. You said that it would be all right. It was. It was okay. Pellegrini's gone. Fuck that. And the club have gone. Actually, we look like mugs over Piet. We're yeah. not going to do that again. Yeah. And Pellegrini's also said, for God's sake, 
you know, but Bilic was a broken man by the time the Pyatt thing happened. So he's yeah. like, oh, well, if he wants to go, we'll just let him go. Yeah. Pellegrini's gone, fuck, so we're not going to sign anyone who's as good as an out of it. It's not possible. We haven't got the resources and mm. there's not many of them around. Fuck this. And he's dug his heels in. And then the club have gone, they go, we'll sell him, but you've got to give us 50 million, which is fair. Mm. The Chinese have gone, 50 million? You said we'd get him for 35. The brother's gone, oh, fucking hell, I didn't, oh, yeah. shit. No, don't worry, don't worry, I'll tell him to go on strike. So he'd gone on strike, Pellegrini's still like, do what no, you want, okay, mate. Yeah. I don't give a shit, I'm not letting you go on the cheap. And now, well, what Pellegrini's happens Pellegrini's made a blinder. Yeah. He's played an absolute it's... blinder, and an out of it, you can... He can hopefully we'll just sell him for fifty million to someone in the summer. Although uh, if he starts carrying on like a well, child, a player, then no one will want to buy him a, anyway. Yeah, a footballer yeah. becomes when they get into that sort of untenable. That's a Winston Bogard at Chelsea as well mm. had that extraordinary. Mm. And Pierre Van Hoydonk, they get into this position where they are now sort of they are toxic. Uh, no one really wants to buy them because they're on strike at the club, or their fellow players, their fellow professionals don't like them. The board doesn't like them, so another football team's going. Well, we probably wouldn't yeah, like them, so they right. have to. I, I mean, the only way out. Surely he can't like because he can't go in a strop for the next. If he doesn't get sold in January, he can't no. go in a strop for like four or five months because then they're not going to get enough money for him. No, he's that's right. That's, yes, that's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. So he's in the predicament now. Yeah, you got just like, a lot of them strop for the next few the, months. The only outcome, still be worth the only that outcome that I'm interested in really is that he stays and plays, and then what yeah. happens in summer? I don't care. Yeah, the money I'm never really bothered about. It's not my money. All I'm thinking is there's no one we can sign. You watch the against Bournemouth, you think fuck. And out of which we could have won this game. Mm. You always want to... And all, all I hope is that whatever happens in the summer, I just want him to stay, get his head down yeah. and play out the rest of the season. And then we can worry about replacing him in yeah. the summer. Yeah, I, I, have, I genuinely have no idea how he will play, though. No. I don't know how he will react. As in, like, yeah. if he stays. Well, obviously, there was a problem last week because... It wasn't, you know, Pellegrini, it's quite a big thing for him to say, I'm not even putting him in the squad. So yeah, there's no. obviously a big fallout. And yeah, Antonio yeah. had said, you know, everyone knows he wants to leave. So Yeah, yeah. Everyone knows, knows about the container shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was awful. We've all happened. been told. Yeah. What sometimes happens is when, they be, when a footballer becomes so toxic is that they, um, they go into a programme where their identity is uh, changed. They get oh. a new identity and they emerge mm. as another footballer and oh, really? uh, extend their career. The Bia van Do- Hoydonk, uh, went on strike at Nottingham Forest and left, you know, under a cloud and disgraced. And uh, it, it was just ignominy. And he was able to prolong his career by several years under the name Ricky Lambert. And, <laughs> wow. uh, and was able to carry on playing until his early 40s. Well, when he played for Southampton and played once for England. And Liverpool. Got oh, yeah, yeah, Liverpool yeah, yeah. Never, never got played. Oh. Um, they should. I mean, what it feels like, and one hopes they are doing, is like buying another striker anyway. It feels like they're... Because they can't allow around. this kind of... Uh, this impasse to just stay till January the 31st. Yeah, but because we haven't, that's, that's, haven't got a very good history recently of buying no, a good striker. No. I, I think that they will not buy... I don't think they'll buy a proper striker. And I'm talking about a proper one, not fucking... What's his name? Hoogill. Yeah, yeah. You know, or or another bloody, you know, the one from Arsenal. I can't, I can't even say his name because I don't remember it, but also because I dislike him as a player so much. Oh, Shamak. No. Oh. The one the Perez. one we were just talking about. Perez, yeah, Perez. Yeah. yeah, Lucas Perez. Like, um, well, they... not them, not stopgap strikers, proper strikers. They're not going to do that unless we sell. And th- that would mean selling either Hernandez, who's been linked with the move, or an Outovich. 
And that's why January transfer is so complicated because I think, well, mm. if we're going to sell, mm. then get the money, then buy, it's a, it's all a bit. There's not really quite enough time to do it. I but mean, if the scouting this, this network, guy Kelta Vigo yeah, does look like Maxi he could Gomez, be a really yeah. good player. But um, I was um, looking at him on YouTube, which is all which makes me an expert mm-hmm. on him. And he's not. He's. I mean, he looks as if he could be fantastic in the Premier League because he's big, strong, and relentless. And how old is he? Twenty-two. Uh, yeah, twenty-two. 22. Yeah. Uh, but he, what he doesn't have is much in the way of he doesn't have the guile. You know the way Nautovic is like a brute, mm. but he's a noble savage, a poetic savage, he isn't is. he? Yeah, yeah. He's a brute, but he's like really classy on the ball as like well, Jim. like like Cantona, like Jim. Mm. Um, but but this guy just seems like a big fucking. So yeah. then you just realize, God, there's not many Anatoviches around, is there? No, no, no. So we should he, just, even if we just make him stay. Yeah. And also, can't we do a deal with the Armenians? Not us, the three of us. There's no way. I mean, I personally, there's no way in my current financial state I could pay off some Armenian gangsters on behalf of a footballer who I don't know. But you were in that basement for a couple of months as well. You don't want to do that again. No, I don't want to. I'm not going to put my own life on the line again. No, no. Which for someone else, it's not worth it. But no, the club can't they just give him a pay rise or something for six months? Or yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of stories about them paying off other people's iffy debts in well, recent there, you history. Know, the, someone made the point that you know, with Pae, and it was entirely speculation that the, the sort of doubting whether Sullivan and Gold have perhaps done enough that they, you know, yeah. that they could have. You could. There's a lot of things you can do. You can say. Once the final whistle has gone on Saturday, you can get on a helicopter and go to. We'll take you. You can go to France. Mm. You know, come back, start training Thursday for the game. We'll also pay you two hundred fifty thousand a week to the end of the season, mm. and then you can go. I've got a garage full of frilly knickers and dildos. Mm-hmm. Now it's locked up. There are two keys. If you were, for instance, to go back to your locker after the game, Dimitri, mm-hmm. and you saw a key, yep. Lying there next to your particulars, you could with a little note yep. and the address of my lockup written next to it, <laughs> mm-hmm. somewhere in Brentwood. Then, if you were to go and take that key and open it and help yourself to the frilly knickers and dildos that were in there and sell them on eBay or have some sort of lingerie sale party or just use them for your own entertainment, the taxman doesn't need to know about that. The FA doesn't need to know about that. Your agent doesn't need to know about that. Only will know about it. I'm speculating as to what they could have said to have kept him there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In my sketch group, The Pros from Dover, one of our members did that kind of legalised squatting for this company, Camelot, that sort of puts people into, like, mm, yeah. sort of empty buildings to sort of protect them. You're called sort of guardians, but yeah, what, you really are, what you really are yeah. is squatters. And uh, this building in Bethel Green was an underwear factory, a place that made underwear, and there was literally the room you have described. Dildos and pretty knickers. A completely sort of airless room, like sort of 10 feet by six feet was when you opened the door was four feet high in knickers and suspender belts. And we used to take a running jump and just dive into it and land in these not used suspender belts and knickers, new suspender belts and knickers new. that had just been sort you of... You would dive and swim around in brand in new bras. knickers. Yeah, yeah. That in knickers. sounds yeah, fantastic. Yeah. It was a knicker factory. And it made sort of... Um, <laughs> it made like knickers for, you know... M&S, but yeah. it also made well, it's nice lingerie to know that type There knickers. are still people making 
knickers yeah. in the UK. Artisan. And we're not just enslaving yeah. Chinese children. Artisan bespoke with knickers. With no rights. Made with love. One p an hour yeah. to make our sexy knickers. Exactly. So if I was in a sexual situation with a woman and she had knickers on that I knew were the result of... Child labour. Child labour in a faraway country, that would kill the mood for mm. me. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, I'd me be too. like, no. What do I think all of I think we're... I think we're the, the sex is cancelled. Agreed. Agreed. We're all agreed. That's that. Yeah. that. Uh, ethical, ethical intercourse is... That's even ethical if that's, lingerie. Yeah. Even if exactly. Beyonce yeah. rocked up, mm-hmm. full stockings and suspenders get up. Phil... I've somehow got into your flat while you were out recording mm-hmm. Stop Hammer Time. <laughs> Don't ask me how. What's wrong with your house? I'm sorry. This is Beyonce has broken into your Oh, flat. sorry. I thought you meant you. No. You. you. You're being Beyonce. Yes. Right. Beyonce's there. She's in the frilly knickers, stockings, the lot. Yeah. The full get yeah, up. I a see, basque. Yes. 70s, but 70s. You're like, what on. the fuck are you doing here, Beyonce? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shouldn't you be at home with Jay-Z? Yeah. No, I've been a long-time listener to your podcast, Stop Hammer Time. I'm a massive fan. It's hilarious, Kanye but also signed, insightful. Kanye's just signed Marco Amnatovic. So I know a little bit <laughs> yeah. about football. Yeah. I know a little bit. I know my way around the West Ham family. Yeah. I like you. I'm here to have sex with you in, these, mm-hmm. in this underwear. And you're like, great, no problem. Hang on, then suddenly, just as you're removing your socks and struggling to get your trousers off in an elegant way, mm-hmm. you catch sight of a label, label sticking yep. out the back of her knickers. Made in... Made in China, yep. with a little illustration of a crying child, yeah. which they now, by law, have to put they on do, yeah. their laundry labels. Like, the, like those uh, uh, little icons for washing instructions, like 40 degrees and yeah. do not jive. That's where There's it appears. an image of a crying child. Despite the fact this is a vaguely made-up story, mm. I kind of feel Beyonce would not... Wear unethical underwear. You're right. I'm being unfair. Yeah. I'm painting a picture. I don't. I'm not saying. I thoroughly trust Beyonce. But I'm paying. Yeah. I'm painting a picture of like even the opportunity for sex with Beyonce. You would be turned off by knowing that she. But of course, you're right. In reality, it wouldn't be. A, <laughs> if I'd said, for instance, Britney Spears. There you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or Katy Perry wearing the West Ham. Exactly. Oh yeah, yeah. and that, that, money enough. Yeah. I like that picture, but if you look closely, which I have, at the stuff she's wearing, <laughs> it does look unethically yeah. made. It's, it's cheap and scratchy material. The West Ham way. Though. It feels like what's happening is that when we describe hypothetical situations, we need a casting director for them to find exactly the right protagonist mm. Mm. For, the, for the hypothetical. So um, Maybe that's why her marriage to Russell Brand ultimately failed. <laughs> he's a very ethical guy. He is. Yeah. And he might have just thought this... Like, this can't go on, love. No, no, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, just for you to titillate me, yeah. <laughs> perhaps a dozen Chinese children have died. That crop top <laughs> may have only cost six pounds. I cut it to, in but my eyes, it's dripping it with blood. What, yes, exactly. Mm. What else did it cost? Mm. Lives. And not just the lives, the, the carbon footprint of this stuff as of well. Of course, of mm. course. So, yeah, yeah, of course. Um, and they make those children fly those planes. Yes, the and they're untrained. Yeah. They don't know what no, the fuck they're doing. Yeah. So half of them just crash into the mountains, don't get past Tibet on the way over, and it's stressful for them. So 
we we're still in for Maxi Gomez. I wonder if we will, you know, uh, if we keep Arnautovic, we'll just struggle and sort of not get anyone until the summer. Uh, I wonder if there is any sort of. Wait, does so they've said that we've got to sell? We've got to sell on out of it first to then buy him, or vice versa. Yeah, yeah I wonder. Yeah. I mean, we've got to sell an out of it to, to buy him. See, and ultimately, we don't want to sell an out of it, and no one's offering the right money for him, so it's not going to happen. There's only a week left. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Ultimately, if we did keep an out of it, we 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 could probably do with another striker at some point. Yeah, it does that's feel true. that if this Maxi Gomez guy is great, why not do it in the transfer window? I think you know, it's not that no good deals have ever happened in the transfer. No, window. but I no, suppose they. You know what I mean? It's but a, our last-minute deals are pretty crap. Yeah, it's yeah. a dreary thing to say because I hate football fans who obsess over the finances of their club because, frankly, who gives a fuck? Yeah. But they've got to balance the books, I suppose, and they think, well, they've got Hernandez is on silly money, Felipe Anderson's on silly money, and Altovic is on a pretty big wage. They think we, we can't sign another big star player on 200 grand a week no. without shifting one of them first. We also did just, did just get a tiny little fine. For the Burnley game, didn't we? Today? Yeah, we did. Yeah, like oh, hundred thousand, hundred thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That could have bought a bit late. someone. <clears throat> There'd be um, a week of Andy Carroll's salary. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would pay for. Yeah, that Jordan Hugill, or however you say his name, is he at Middlesbrough on loan? He, I think he yeah, is. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. He cost. It, I mean, I, this wasn't a dream, was it? He cost ten million pounds. <laughs> when was that? Was that last January? I think it was. And he hasn't played for us, has he? Yeah, yeah, because but, do you remember Moyes was in charge and he has everyone, come thought we'd He's go, come. everyone thought we'd go big time in January to back Moyes and yeah. steer us out of relegation because we were really looking at relegation, weren't we? And we thought, yeah, who are we going to get? We'll probably sign three or four. And we just signed Hugill on the last day. Last day. Ten million pounds well there's a sort of theory the now that, that sometimes teams that are relegation threatened start trying to kind of buy players to for that championship up, season I mean, and they, they might have thought he's a big lad he'll be sort of he'll be a handful in the championship I don't know he really doing. didn't look very good um at a sort of similar time to us acquiring him we played shrewsbury away and uh uh, we went to it, and the crowd who had been baying for Tony Martinez, the sort of youth team oh, player, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, he came on, and within literally a minute, yeah. the Tony Martinez songs had stopped because he, he was, was so bad. Stood on the ball, fell over. I just think, where's he now? Is he? I think he's gone on loan from the just yesterday or the day before. Yeah. There are other kind of players. Like, do you remember Ashley Fletcher? Like, yeah, yeah. he's yeah. in Middlesbrough as well. I he's think. at Borough. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Darren Randolph. Darren Randolph, yeah. Those are the buggers. Um, and so obviously mid- Stuart Downing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, they've now got more or less our, our uh, B team. Um, I was trying to think the other day, uh, when, when you go to Bournemouth, uh, there are, there's a sort of uh, mural on the wall of uh, Bournemouth legends. Mm. And one of them is uh, Jermaine Defoe, but mm. not in this second time. No, no, when he that went on first loan from West Ham. So he was a lone player. And for a team, yeah. one of, you know, I'm not, not sort of laughing at them, I'm laughing no, with but them. But they... the fact that one of your lone players, a lone player is one of your most successful yeah. famous, iconic, let's say, footballers, <laughs> is a sort of yeah, slightly sad I testament. suppose you could say that's almost like Tevez, who effectively yeah. was like a player. Well, that's what I was trying to say. Is I wonder, through. I wonder who are the best loan players we've had. Well, are. he wasn't officially alone, but no. I would describe, to my mind, he is a West Ham legend. Yeah. Even though it was like less than a season really did we buy Clive Allen or did we own him we, we bought him yeah because he was with us for a pretty short time at the end of his yeah, career but very effective yeah, very Andy good. Carroll was on loan at first wasn't he he, he was, was yeah. yeah yeah yeah. there were players Robbie I Keane that... 
He came online, yes. but wasn't a success. No, but was a. I was. That was the season we got relegated. Yeah. 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 No, he was a, a letdown, wasn't he? Yeah. Lee Bowyer in both of his spells was disappointing, wasn't he? Uh, I think yeah, we didn't we pretty. buy him we bought him twice I think we didn't he we got him in a him. weird sort of deal off of uh, Newcastle when he'd <laughs> he, the second I, I, time I, there yeah. was there was a ra- there was a racism scandal yeah it was a bit like when we got to Canio to Canio pushed over a ref and was suddenly like no one wanted him yeah but we said we'll have him we'll have him yeah <laughs> and then Lee Bowyer was a, a, a racist hooligan everyone was like we don't no one really wants him. We'll have him. Yeah, yeah. Was that after Newcastle? Because we got him first from Leeds for a while, didn't we? When I think Leeds just had to shed all those players that sort of drove them bankrupt. And I think he was at Leeds the first time. Oh, he was. Yeah, he yeah, must have been, yeah. Yeah, he was. And we, we got, got him the from second Leeds. Woodgate and everyone... Yeah, we got him from Leeds first time, then yeah. Newcastle. Yeah, you're right. You're but right, it right. was... After he'd had the fantastic on-field fight with Kieran, Kieran Dyer, Dyer, who yeah. we also signed. So West Ham. Yeah, yeah. Peak West Ham, in a way. <laughs> yeah. Someone sat at home. I'm not sure if it was Solomon Era, whoever was in charge. Mr. West Ham. Yeah. A mysterious figure who has always secretly pulled the strings, which is why we continue to be West Ham. Yeah, yeah. Irrespective of who the manager or owners appear to be. And he sat at home watching Match of the Day and he's seen Lee Bowyer have a fight with Kieran Dyer on Phil Newcastle and he's just picked his phone up straight away <laughs> and he's gone, I want them. I want them both. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he wants both those men in our team as soon as possible. A couple this of lads having fantastic. a scrap. They've got spirit. This is exactly what we need at our club. Whichever, Two lads going at it against each other. Whichever one the survives the Maybe fight, that... buy them. And but also, <laughs> I'll have the other one. Maybe that's who Mr. Moon was. Do you remember yeah. Mr. Yeah. Moon? Yeah, a Mr. sinister Spengali. It would explain figure. a lot, wouldn't yeah. it? Because you know, you got the Kearns family, you got Terry Brown, you got the Icelandics. Now we got this lot. And certain things never change. We remain hapless. Hmm. Yeah. Hapless to the very core. <laughs> well, it's, uh, right? yeah. And it's like, why? The stadium's changed, the players change, even the fucking badges change. Everything changes, and yet nothing changes. There must be a mystery figure, perhaps, as you say, Mr. Moon. In a sense, I think sort of getting to the halfway point of the season and going, you know, we, we had that terrible sort of four... Uh, defeat run and we've worked our way back up to be a sort of like a pretty strong mid-table team that's actually getting better and we could have a really strong second half to the season in a way that we've almost never had like our 10th place finish under Kerbishley we stopped playing when we got enough points same with Allardyce's one good premiership stopped playing everything seems like we're going to get better and then our best player goes I'd like to leave and go to China and that felt like a very West West Ham thing to happen yeah you're right Great West Ham, great moments in I'd West I'd like Ham. to go away now and go and play in another country. <laughs> yeah, it's like a soap opera, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's like Dallas or Dynasty, like nothing's allowed to go too well for too long. No. So a wild card yeah, yeah. has to be pulled out. Yeah, because yeah. if not, it just we just become like a normal football club. Sort of but I wouldn't have it any other way, though. No, no, no. no. I mean, I suppose it's part Keeps of the exciting. perverse appeal of it all. It's not, yeah. we, uh, we're probably going to have to wrap this up and talk about the next couple of games we've got. The next one, I think, is... Uh, is it a cup game at the weekend? Yeah, Wimbledon. Wimbledon, Wimbledon. at the weekend. Exciting. Uh, Wolves then, away on Tuesday. Yeah, yep. and then Liverpool. And then Liverpool home. Monday. F- yeah. It's not, I mean, you know, we've in the league, we've got some very losable games coming up. After yeah. our, we, we had that great sequence of fixtures, didn't we? And, yeah. Um, and actually one of the only really tough looking ones in the sequence from like early December till now 
was Arsenal. Yeah. yeah. We fucking won that anyway. Yeah, yeah. But we managed to lose some unexpected games and now it's frustrating because we're through that. Wolves away and they've put home two games that you kind of think... Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, Wolves are a bit up and down, aren't they? Yeah. They yeah. Can, well, they can be. They've got something, haven't they, though? Good team. It's yeah. going to be tough. Good team. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I feel with the Liverpool game, it's one of those ones where... You can... I mean, I can see I kind of feel us getting them. something. I mean, because yeah. the last... They've come to... London Stadium twice since we moved there. Yeah. Both times, what was it? 4 nil. Yeah. First time, 4-1 last season. Yeah. When yeah. got sacked. Yeah. 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 So I kind of feel like we're due a result. Yeah, and, and, and we do, oh, we like have generally performed better this season against the bigger teams. Yeah. If you look at, home, at Chelsea, Manchester United, United Chelsea, even Tottenham, we played well, lost Arsenal. So I think that Let's um let's do predictions for the cup game and Wolves because we'll probably have done one of these before the uh, Liverpool game, so we can do predictions in that one. Um, what do we think? AFC Wimbledon. Well, we beat them. Beat them already. We beat them seven. Was yeah, it seven that we put past them. That was the game when Dean Garner made his debut earlier this season in the League Cup. Yeah. That was Macclesfield we beat. Oh, it was yeah. Macclesfield. No, but we beat... We, yeah, we had Wimbledon 3-1. Oh, I know. It was three or it something. Was, it was, yeah. They put up an amazing game against us and Diop scored, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and they, they actually put, they put up a really good fight. I think they went 1-0 up. They scored very early. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I reckon we'll win it 2-0. Yeah. I don't two. think it'll be resounding. 7-30 on Saturday, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Kieran, what do you reckon? I reckon... Can't have 2-0. I'm going to go for 4-1. What, what do you think that the TV executives <laughs> who have chosen to that game for their 7.30 night, what do you reckon their hunch might be about the score? <laughs> <laughs> when they picked that one out, what are we going to put on at 7.30 on a Saturday night, a time at which games are not traditionally shown, but we're going to make an exception? They are with West Ham. They I think don't they... think West Ham are going to win that game. No, they want a massive lion killing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They absolutely and They see that. one coming, yeah, and yeah, to yeah. be fair, you can't blame them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they want uh, they want an upset. They're after an upset. Um, yeah, I think three one. I'm going to say three, three one for that one. Wolves away. Uh, I'm going to go for two all. Mm. Two all, excellent. I'm going to go one all. One all. I'm going to say uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers one, West Ham United three. Oh goodness! Because mm-hmm. they now they beat us in the last minute, didn't they at home? They did. We've... Yeah, that was our fourth defeat. Yeah, in a row. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah. But we were, we were quite even in that game. Yeah. I thought, you know, that was lucky last, last minute winner. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, that's predictions done. I think we might be wrapping this up. Uh, can I just leave yes. you with this? Yes. I've got... Yeah, My Be There is an R&B song by American singers James Ingram and Michael McDonald. It was written by Ingram, McDonald, Rod Temperton, one of the greatest songwriters of all time. Right. What year? And producer Quincy Jones. Quincy Jones. The song... That's... I mean, that is a team. Rod Temperton, who wrote most of the songs on Thriller... And, right. and also wrote various other great soul hits like Give Me the Night by George Benson and yeah. Stomp by the Brothers Johnson and was from Grimsby. White guy from Grimsby. Wow. Wrote most of Thriller, including the song Thriller. Amazing. Interesting. Yeah. Used to be a fish, a fish filleter in, a, in, in, Grimsby. in Grimsby. Then became a musician, joined the band Heatwave. Oh, yeah, yeah, Heatwave. Wrote most of their hits, like Groove Lines and so on. Um, and then was called one day by Quincy Jones, 
who said, we, I'm making a solo album for Michael Jackson. I need writers. Would you like to contribute some songs? The story of a fish philosopher from Grimsby that then has that career, surely that is a jukebox music. That's got to yes. be a jukebox musical. Yeah, or be, yeah. a sort of feel-good, full Monty or, you know, brassed off or the, this is, Billy I Elliot mean, type I, film. I, I, this is something that I have tried to, to make pitch. happen in right. the past and without success thus far. But it is an amazing story, it and is he is an amazing. amazing story. I mean, literally, he has—he didn't do many interviews. He died two years ago, but you can listen back to an interview with him that he did on Radio Two once about his career, and he literally is going, "I got a call from Quincy Jones saying, <laughs> would you like to write some songs for Michael Jackson?'" He said, "If you do three, I'll pick the best one." Well, I wrote three songs. One were called Thriller, <laughs> right? I can't remember the other two he wrote. One were called Pretty Young Thing. And the other thing, and the other one was called, um, I can't remember, but, and he goes, anyway, they used all three. I couldn't believe it. Right. I bought an house. Yeah, it was a bought an house <laughs> after that. It was, it was great. House. Anyway, he also wrote Yarn My Be There with Quincy Jones. The song originally appeared on Ingram's 1983. I was way off suggesting it might even be mm. early 90s. It's Your Night, released on Quincy Jones's Quest Records label. It was released, did you want to know it's, Chart positions on both sides of the Atlantic film. Could you? Uh, yeah. I knew you would, because you're a stickler for that. Yes. It was released as a single, da-da-da. Uh, oh, it peaked at number 19 in the US charts in 1984, and number 44 on the UK charts, also in 1984. So there you have it. It feels like we're filling time because something else is going to happen. <laughs> no, you know, we are not. Like, like we, are, we are not. I, it was important for me mm-hmm. to... To explain to people that Yama B there was an actual song and not something I'd made up because it sounded it's mm. the only thing I think of that rhymed with Yama Link. Yes, well, no. we may be hearing it soon. Yes, we may be. Yeah, we may and, be. in the London Stadium. And yeah. uh, it's given me a chance to um, talk a little bit about the career of Rod Temperton, which is, I well, think, added value to the listener. That's good. All right. Well, that's <laughs> it for Stop Hammer Time this week. Uh, uh, the, our special dealing with the 80s disco. Yeah. Um, Let's go, uh, 80s disco edition. Yeah. Yes. With me have been Sam Delaney. Goodbye. And Kieran Moodley. Goodbye. Come on, you irons. Stop Hammer Time is backed for this season by Ladbrooks. This is a playback media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at westhampodcast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.